And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Sklansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Sklansky. And this week, we're going to discover something very interesting about our faces. I think someone stole them. <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, also, uh, we might, we, if anybody wants uh, any advice, we might, we might be better at it than some, you know, yeah. reverend. Yeah, we'll just uh, don't talk, don't talk to your reverend or yeah. rabbi or just email us at the Simpsons did it pod at gmail dot com and we're listening. Yeah, I'll be the listen. I'll be the listen, dude. And I'll I'll be the listen lad since I guess I'm younger than you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> listen, um, lad. We got to talk about some things. Yeah, actually, before we get into this episode, I do need to make a correction. Uh, we are recording this before. Before the old man and Lisa comes out, so I'm sure we're still we might still get some emails and some comments. Um, last episode, I said the 18th Amendment um, for the freedom of freedom of slaves. If I didn't, um, I think I did. It's the 13th Amendment, and it was 1865 when that was passed um, because Mr. Burns was talking about having slaveholder stock. Yes, so. Um, and I was thinking of the 13th amendment, um, and I'm pretty sure I looked up the 18th amendment, which I believe had to do with prohibition. Yeah. We talked about that. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's our correction. Um, so when, when you hear this episode, unfortunately you'll have already listened to the old man and Lisa and roasted me. So this is my correction for that. Um, so with that out of the way. Now we're going to talk about Season 8, Episode 22, in Marge We Trust, which is obviously a reference to the the In God We Trust yes. moniker. Um, that's a reference to that. But honestly, I trust Marge. Yeah, Marge gives pretty sound advice, I think. Yeah. Um, and we'll find out what some of that advice is later. Um, air date for this, 4-27-1997. Uh, we got three episodes left, I believe. Yeah, we're getting three. close to the uh, the tail end of season eight. Yeah, three Can't. episodes left. Unfortunately, Can't. one of them is a clip show. I mean, <laughs> hey, every <laughs> once in a while you get a clip show, and yeah, every once in a while, yeah, every once in a while, yeah, once a, once a season. Um, this week, uh, no chalkboard because. Long, long, long episode. Uh, our couch gag this week is the family rushes in. We get the Venda couch vending machine in the wall. Homer deposits a coin. Of course, nothing happens because that's how all vending machines work. Until you bang on it. So he bangs on the wall and he has a couch dropped on him. Um, and this is a repeat from Hurricane Nettie. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, this week starts with Bart and Lisa, I guess, waking up early to watch Itchy and Scratchy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, was, I mean, morning cartoons typically started around 6 30. If I remember, like, before a school day, we'd always watch, um, I guess Sailor Moon was on. Yeah. Can't remember, besides Sailor Moon, what else we watched. Like, in the morning before school. Before school, I vaguely remember Garfield. 
Was Garfield? No, I thought Garfield was. Was that a Saturday? No, cartoon? that was weekday. Oh, that I was weekday. Like. Okay. Because yeah, I vaguely remember watching Garfield on weekdays every once in a while before school. Okay. Because yeah, I was trying to think of that, but yeah, they were up early, trying not to wake up Marge and Homer. But I mean, okay, wait, wait, it's a, it's a Sunday. Sunday. There's there's no such thing as Sunday morning cartoons. No, it's Saturday morning know. cartoons. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was Sunday morning. I maybe I'm blanking. Maybe we did well, something we, before we went to Sunday school. I don't. I always remember waking up, eating breakfast, and then just going to Sunday school. I don't ever remember watching TV on a Sunday morning. Yeah, it's really weird. But uh, Bart and Lisa, they're watching Deaf Comedy Blam. Kind of like Deaf Comedy Jam. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. At it's all. Kind of, it's kind of weird. The uh, I mean, I get it. Because. I'll explain the, the, yeah, I'll explain the episode. But, yeah, I mean, they, I figure it would have been like itchy and scratchy at like a comedy show or, yeah. or something. But uh, Deaf Comedy Blam, we get a dressed uh, itchy. Dressed as a doctor, uh, enters the ear trauma ward, which is <laughs> apparently uh, Scratchy had some issues with his ears, where Scratchy lays on the bed with uh, cotton in his ears, and Itchy puts hearing piece of a stethoscope in Scratchy's ears, and pulls the stethoscope drum uh, <laughs> with him out the door, holding the drum, he boards a taxi, and takes a plane to an island, where an atomic bomb is being tested. <laughs> He uh, passes a sign that reads, Aujourd'hui, les bombes atomiques. <laughs> so apparently they're in France. Yep, they're in France. Um, testing the atomic bomb. And holds up the stethoscope drum as the countdown in French is broadcast over a PA system. As a nuclear weapon detonates in the distance, the thunderous explosion gathers in the drum and travels in a bulge down the length of the stethoscope hose. Through the ocean, past Hollywood, across the land, and finally, into Scratchy's ears. Uh, Scratchy's head explodes, causing the patient in the next bed to lean over and say, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty damn good. I, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's, very, that's very amazing. classic, cartoonish. Um, so... So the so Deaf Comedy Blam is a reference to the French nuclear test in French oh. Polynesia in January of 1996. So it actually oh it is a reference to something. Yes. Wow. All right. Good on the Simpsons to follow that one. I like it. Yeah. Um. And so Bart and Lisa, you know, try to keep their laugh laughing down so they won't wake up Marge and Homer. But can't contain the laughter because it's too it's, funny. It was, it was really funny. I don't ever really. Here, here's the thing. We'll get to this in a second. I don't ever really remember waking up before our parents. Ever. No. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can think of is there was like some sort of special going on where it, they had to watch Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know. It's really weird to be up that early. But we'll find out what time it is. In yes. A second. Um, and so we cut up to the Simpsons bedroom or the Marge and Homer's bedroom where as we pass through the floorboards, Snowball 2 has figured out a way to get stuck in the floor. Look, uh, man, cat, cats will get in a house. They, they will find a way. No, my cat, uh, at my first apartment out of college got stuck in the crook of the cabinetry between 
the stove in the other side of the cabinet. There was just yeah. a random hole that my cat just <laughs> loved crawling in. Uh, and this isn't an apartment. He could have, maybe he could have gotten anywhere at that point. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I remember uh, growing up, uh, a, a good friend of mine, we were at his house and there's a vent and his cat like went into the vent and the cat was in the house. <laughs> I was like, eventually it, it came out, but like, we were like, oh my God, it's going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but cats are smart. They They know what they're doing. Yep, exactly. So we find out it is 8.45 a.m. So Marge and Homer, I feel like, should be awake. At this point. Yeah, most yeah. old, I would say old. Well, they're not necessarily old. They're in their four, They're in their late 30s. Yeah. I mean, I only wake up early because I have a kid. So I guess. Yeah, but they have a kid. They have two. They have they're, three kids. Yeah, Maggie should be up. Why isn't she? Where is she? She's still asleep at 8.45? I no way! I don't believe a baby is still asleep at eight forty-five. No, none of the Simpsons writers have kids. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, Marge wakes up uh, to Lisa and Bart laughing and looks at her clock and realizes they are late for church, which I'm assuming nine o'clock start yeah. time. At least the church across my house, nine o'clock is typically the start time. Um, so Marge slept in her church clothes. <laughs> She's like, "Thank God, I slept in my church clothes." Because she knew. Clothes- because she knew she was going to be late? Yeah, pretty much. Well, the other thing, too, is those clothes are not are, are not um, unwrinkled. No, they probably should have been slightly wrinkled. Yeah. And uh, so she uh, wakes up uh, Homer, and the Lord only asks for one hour a week. And Homer says, then the Lord should have made the week one hour longer. Yeah, he's also like... Because she's like trying to wake him up. He's like, uh, you go without me, Marge. I have lots of work to do around the bed. <laughs> around the bed. I do. I always have lots of work to do around the bed, too, Homer. Yeah. Like, lazy God. <laughs> yeah. Jerk. So uh, we cut to Lovejoy giving his sermon, which is uh, boring everyone. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to a church service before, uh, I've been to Temple. And I feel like the sermons that our rabbi gave, I don't think they were necessarily boring. No. Not that I could think of. They weren't necessarily long either. I think they were maybe max like five minutes. Yeah, they weren't anything crazy. And he didn't like, I I think Reverend Lovejoy was like reading quotes out of the Bible and doing a bunch of other things. Or maybe he was reading the Bible. I'm not quite sure. But uh, but yeah, everyone's bored out of their minds. And Homer is so bored that he starts to fall asleep and hits his head on the pew in front of him. And he's like, damn it! I'm like, holy shit, Homer. What are you doing? But that was awesome. That was great. I absolutely love that scene. That is great. I don't ever remember falling asleep in uh, in the synagogue. Oh, I do. During like Yom Kippur services and Rosh Hashanah services. Oh, yeah. Well, those are those are just, but those are special and they're long. And usually, like for the for Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, for the kids, we usually had our own like mini service. So yeah, they, but, like, but but remember, mom and dad would always bring us up for like certain points, so we'd have to be in the in the. Uh, well, yeah, the blowing of the shofar. Yep, there was that, and there was a few other things they'd have us in there for. But aside yeah. from that, yeah, we were kind of in a day, quote unquote, daycare. I don't know. 
But I feel like after after we had our bar mitzvahs, that oh, that was yeah. over. That was yeah. over. We were no yeah. longer allowed to hang out with the little kids. Because um, yeah. I'll tell you what, the adult part of those services are boring as hell. Yep. So Lovejoy says, oh, I lost my place. I guess we'll have to start over. <laughs> and Mo says, for the love of crumb cake. <laughs> I, I will say it's funny because for the closed captioning, it just says man. It doesn't say Mo. Oh, really? It, yeah. it clearly sounds like Mo. Yeah. Yep. So Lovejoy starts over and, you know, Marge tries to keep the kids awake. You know, some time passes and everyone's asleep. And even Marge. Yeah. It's falling asleep. Everyone's out. Yeah. And Lovejoy notices that the congregation is falling asleep. <laughs> and he has some cool buttons on his lectern. Ambulance, bird, and disco whistle. Yeah. And Lovejoy goes with bird. And you hear like, ah! Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> and, an eagle sound. I know. And everyone like starts waking up and looking around like, why is there a bird in here? Yeah. And Hibbert starts clapping and a few people <laughs> join in. I mean, did they think they were at a... <laughs> concert of some kind yay go reverend I, yeah i don't know or maybe they were plot like Hibbert's like oh the sermon's over it was a good sermon let me applaud it <laughs> i just think everyone forgot where they were yeah and uh so the simpsons arrive back at home from church and bart lisa and homer happily start taking off their church clothes yeah <laughs> just to, in the like right at the front right right in the front door oh i did that i think we did that too coming home from uh synagogue in her in her sunday best saturday yeah. best i guess yep and uh marge is like hey calm down you're wrinkling your church clothes but she was sleeping in her church clothes i know and Homer's like, who cares? This is the best part of the week. <laughs> Lisa's like, it's the longest possible time before more church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh-huh. And Barb's like, church shouldn't be a chore. It should help you in your daily life. He was like, it should, but it doesn't. Now who is going to, with daddy to the dump? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, you can't. I mean, once kids are a certain age. It's really hard for them to look at church or or temple in our case as not a chore because it's kind of something you're forced to do. Yep. And I mean, not that I didn't enjoy like Friday night services. I would say like Shabbat services, Friday night services at temple were better than Saturday morning. Oh, for sure. When we were forced to go, because at least on Friday night, they actually had Shabbat dinner. Yeah. At our temple. Well, we also, I do remember as kids, there was always some sort of like thing going on with the kids. Like we would always do like a, uh, a reenactment sometimes like a little sketch. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while. So that was kind of neat. And, and Friday night dinner at, at temple were really good. I mean, we got lunch Saturday morning. We did. So, so yeah, I mean, Saturday Saturday was fine. Friday Friday was definitely better. Saturday oh, morning sure. services were definitely not the best. No. And uh, Sunday school on Sunday. So oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you have it three was... days in a row. Like your weekend's ruined. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Because you have Friday night service. Fine. Okay. That was fun. Saturday morning. That ruins your Saturday morning. I mean, I guess you have Saturday afternoon. But like for us, uh, at least for me growing up for Saturdays, I had soccer as well. So like I my my you know that was half my weekend and then Sunday you have more school and then you have more school the next day. <laughs> like, yeah, 
I mean, look, I mean, now I'm 40. I'm out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go. I don't. I honestly, I mean, <laughs> our family tree might end with <laughs> being Jewish at Elliot. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't like, well, I mean, we have cousins. Yeah. It's just, this is really weird. We'll see if Elliot ever asks. Yeah. See if we ever do it. I don't honestly, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I don't know if I ever told mom, but I'm like, dude, if you lived up here, starting when Elliot was, yeah. you know, two, you would have probably forced him to go to temple. We probably mm-hmm. would have went. We probably, and by 13, he probably would have a bar mitzvah, but yeah. you don't live up here. I oh, don't give yeah. a crap. You're the only one that probably does. Oh, she is literally the only one that cares in our family, in our immediate family. Um, because every time I visit, so the last time I visited our parents, she was like, oh yeah, Rosh Hashanah is this day and Yom Kippur is this day. I haven't celebrated either of those holidays probably in 15 years. Yeah, I know. Like it's, uh, it's, I, I can't, I don't yeah. know. I gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So, uh, Marge asked them why they are going to the dump and Homer's like, uh, we have to get rid of the Christmas tree. It's starting to turn brown. <laughs> now um, for all now- of our Christian viewers that celebrate Christmas, how long do you hold on to a tree? Two weeks? Oh, three no, weeks? No, no, no. Christmas, well, I guess we usually get rid of ours around just after New Year's. And the okay. good news is we pay, f- okay, we don't pay for it, but we should be paying for it. The, uh, like, um, yard ra- waste removal, like leaves, sticks, stuff oh, like that. Yeah, we, yeah. we pay for that. And we put the, uh, uh, put it out at the curb. Yeah. And they just take it. So our Christmas oh, yeah. tree, we don't have to like chop it up. I, I, you know, it's funny. I feel like some people maybe with real trees would chop up the wood oh, and like I use see. it in their fireplace. Eh, not a bad idea, but no, no, we literally take it, throw it in the snowbank, and it's gone by the end of the day. Yeah. No, I know here where I live in Green Bay, uh, the village I live in, they do uh, bulk pickup. And that includes, sometimes it includes Christmas trees. I don't really ever see Christmas trees outside to get picked up, so I kind of wonder if my neighborhood, a lot of people have fake Christmas trees. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted a fake one, not to have to deal with all this crap, but Shay's like, no, we're getting a real one. (laughs) But it's so much much cheaper to get a fake one. No, it's actually more expensive. But in the long run, you don't have to continually buy a new tree every year. Yes, it's cheaper in the long run, but it's more expensive up front. Well, yeah, because you're paying for it up front, but you're going to use it every year. And if you have that tree for 30 years, it pays for itself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, I'd like to point out, there is also still a present on the floor for Grandpa. So I don't know how long ago uh, uh, Christmas was, but uh, the the present is still... And also, the tree isn't in its normal spot. Because if you look... They're standing at the front door, and it's by the the doorway into the the TV room. Yeah, usually the Christmas corner. tree is right. Yeah, it's usually right in the front. They window. have it right in the front door, right by the front window. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, boo. Um, so Homer invites Marge to come with, and she's like, "No, I don't feel like going to a trash pile. I don't disagree with Marge there. I don't want to go to a dump." Yeah, who wants All to go to a dump? Now, now gross. the uh, now this episode was written by a guy named uh, Donick Carey, and uh, the trip to the dump was actually inspired 
by Carrie's youth, in which she would often go dump picking. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, he must have had uh, a fun childhood. Uh, so Homer tells Marge they'll bring her back something nice. You're going to find something nice at the trash trash pile. Um, I, and maybe. So, uh, God, I don't think so. So now uh, we see Lovejoy putting up a sign for church. And uh, it says, next Sunday, the miracle of shame. <laughs> I want to learn uh, about that. Yeah. And so Marge, you know, she goes to speak to Lovejoy. And he complains to her that they only give you five Q's, but only two U's. <laughs> yeah, because it's always U after Q. You need more than two U's if you have five Q's. Well, how many... How, can you say one sentence where you would actually use five Q's? Uh, there is quite the quiche at the, <laughs> the party where nobody would be quiet. And so I quit going to those parties for quite some time. I know I used quite twice, but um, I was but close. I, I got four. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't. And this is nothing that would be put on the church bulletin board either. So, uh, so uh, Marge is like, uh, so uh, Lovejoy takes Marge into his office and asks what's on her mind. Or just like, sermons about constancy and perdistitude per are all very well and good, <laughs> but the church could be doing so much more to reach out to people. Lovejoy's like, oh, I don't see you volunteering to make things better. Marge's like, well, okay, I'll volunteer. Lovejoy's like, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, because you always get people who like don't mind their business about stuff, and then it's like, well, then you do it, and they're like, usually like, oh, I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to complain. Yeah, see that—that'd be our mom. Oh yeah, <laughs> she'd be like, "Why are you yeah. doing that?" And then someone would ask her, "Well, why don't you do it better?" Sure, yeah, I'll insert myself into your lives because yeah. that's what I'm here yeah. for. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, yeah, Marge's like, "All right, I'll volunteer." Um, so now we cut to the dump and there is a sign, uh, that says no littering, <laughs> <laughs> no littering at the dump. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, Barton, uh, Homer. Oh my God. So Barton and Homer struggle to get the Christmas tree out of the car because they are trying to shove it through the window <laughs> instead of just opening the door, which is, uh, I'm sure, how they got into the car in the first place. Well, no, most, pe- most people, and including the Simpsons, you strap it to the roof of your car. Oh, yeah. But this and is I've a Christmas tree. No, well, either way, you don't want those pin needles and everything exactly. in your car, so you'd still strap it to the roof of your car. Yeah, and they eventually get the tree out, but all the pine needles that were left on the tree are now in the car, and there are a ton of them. Yep. Yeah, Bart yeah, is up yeah. to his neck in pine needles. I don't understand why they just couldn't throw it out in their curb. Because it because they they're going to the dump. They well, wanted a reason to go to the dump, and so they <laughs> used the tree. <laughs> <laughs> they could have avoided going to the dump and just put the thing out on the curb. Probably, but they they needed a reason to go to the dump. So yeah. uh, Homer Homer tosses the tree aside, and him and the kids start looking through the trash. And uh, the first thing they find, Homer finds a perfectly perfectly good basketball half. Uh, I don't think that's perfectly good. No, that half of the basketball is perfectly fine. I feel like it would be, like, deflated, wouldn't it? 
No, no, no. Someone just took a samurai sword or something and chopped it in half. It's a bowl. Yeah, and, they and turned the a basketball def- into a... But the basketball would deflate. Yeah, I guess basketball... <laughs> it's not like a golf ball. Golf ball. If you cut yeah. a golf ball in half, it's hard anyway. Yeah. You cut a basketball in half, it'd probably be all floppy. Yeah, this yeah. was not floppy. Uh, and Lisa Lisa finds a Malibu Stacy doll with no head. Why would, she, head. why would she want that, though? I think She's she like, oh, look what I found. Yeah, she's eight. This is this is definitely a Lisa is acting like an eight year old episode. Yes. Um, but the the Malibu Stacy doll does kind of have a head when the when a rat pops out. Yep. <laughs> and Homer laughs at Lisa, but a raccoon pep pops out from the basketball half and attacks Homer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, you disturb the raccoon. Don't do that. Um, and so, uh, while that's going on, Bart, and, Bart tells Lisa they better come take a look at something. And Bart found a box with some Japanese writing on it and Homer's head. Whoa. And Whoa. so Homer, Homer picks up the box and starts freaking out. And he's like, what's going on? What, what, why am I on a Japanese box? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Okay. Now, I... Okay, I've never seen something that looks like me on a box. Okay. But people have told me that I do look like certain celebrities. Now, yeah. with my hair poofy, I'm sure you guys yeah. – well, you guys have never seen me unless you, your friends are with me on my Facebook or anything. But I have big, giant, poofy afro. I've gotten recognized for as Steve Hyde from that 70s show. Yeah, David after now, I, I don't know if I don't want to be recognized. Soon, yes, but. yep. But this was back in, like, the the <laughs> my college years. Yeah. And with a hood on, I people said I look like Johnny Fairplay from Survivor, I think it was, was the show. And I've looked him up once, and I'm like, I guess so. But that, that one I got a lot. It was weird. I got that one a lot. <laughs> and then when I do Comic-Con, I do a... Very, very convincing. Uh, uh, what's his face? Painter Bob Ross. Bob Ross. I do a very well, I convincing. If, Bob I don't know Ross. if I would say convincing because you're like six inches shorter than he was, but but no, the hair, dude. I pick out my <laughs> yeah, hair. It's poofy. The beard. I the clothes. Like I, it's a smitting image. Like I could have played him in his biopic if <laughs> stupid Owen Wilson, you know, a famous <laughs> celebrity, you know, decided to play his likeness on TV. So, yeah, I can't say I've ever been, um, confused for any celebrities. Um, there's been a few like videos that were posted where people like, Hey Rob, this is you. And I'm like, this isn't even remotely close to me. Like I'm fine with not being identifiable with anybody. Cause then that makes me unique. Yeah, there you go. And so, uh, now we, uh, cut back to March. Who's still at the church. Um, and uh, she has swept up, and she has thrown <laughs> the collection plates in the dishwasher. Um, yeah, because you got to clean off that dirty, dirty money. That's um, right. And uh, she also cleaned out the dead pigeons from the organ. <laughs> <laughs> so that church has one of those, like, organ pipes that goes through the outside. roof? Yeah, it goes outside. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that's well, how organs no, work. Like, I guess if the if the pipes are like they go up and then out of the church at a ninety degree angle, and the birds are gonna fly in there. I don't know how Mar- Marge is getting them out, but yeah, that would that'd be a horrid job. Yeah, 
Yep. And, you know, Lovejoy appreciates March being a time saver. Yeah. Because now, now he doesn't have to do it. Yep. And uh, Lovejoy says he's found a form of shame that has gone unused for 700 years. <laughs> Isn't shame just shame? Yeah. No, it's a form of shame. <laughs> I don't know. But he, that's going in the sermon this week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lovejoy's phone rings. And it's Skinner facing a crisis. Because uh, Mother's gone too far. She's put cardboard over her half of the television. We rented Man Without a Face. I didn't even know we had a problem. <laughs> now, is that a real... I feel like I've heard that movie. Is that like John Travolta or... That's Face I feel like Off. I've heard... <laughs> no, I think there's another Man Without a Face. I feel like I've heard of that movie. Uh, There's Man With a Plan. Nope, not that. Man this is a made-up title. Oh, man! The Man Without a Face was a 1993 film. Yes, who's in it? Was Mel it? Gibson. Mel Gibson. I've seen. Yes, I have seen that movie. For a second, I thought it was John Travolta, but no, it was Mel Gibson uh, when he wasn't crazy. Mel Gibson when he wasn't crazy. Uh, it was based on Isabel Holland's 1972 novel of the same name. Yep. So I could see Skinner's mom watching that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, Skinner asks for advice and Lovejoy tells Skinner to read his Bible because <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah. And Skinner is like, uh, any particular passage? It's all good. <laughs> it's terrible advice. Yes. And March thinks so too. March thinks it's horrible <laughs> advice. Yeah. You know, and Lovejoy laughs and tells Marge it was idealistic her, uh, like her once and explains it was the 70s, and I was fresh out of seminary school. Yeah. And he said, the 60s were long over, and people were ready to feel bad about themselves. <laughs> yep. And then we get a flashback of a young Lovejoy pulling up to the church, which is now, it started white. Yeah. And either faded to yellow, or it had to be repainted in the last 30 years. Yeah. So I don't know why you wouldn't want a white church because typically I've noticed all the churches around here, they're mostly white, if not brick. Yeah. So if, if they're uh, not brick, if they're not brick, they're, they're white. white. Um, the re I I don't know if you'd really want a white church because that shit gets dirty, doesn't it? Yeah, but you just power wash it maybe, and yeah. it's all good. <laughs> um. And so uh, Lovejoy is, you know, ready to help his fellow man. But there was one man he was not counting on. Can you guess who that man is? I mean, I know because I've seen the episode. Yeah. So as he's setting up his new uh, office, um, a forlorn Ned Flanders <laughs> walks in. And the young Lovejoy, you know, was like, Reverend... I'm uh, I'm afraid something terrible has happened. And Lovejoy's like, well, sit down and rap with me, brother. What's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and I was like, well, I was talking to doing a dance called The Bump, but my hips slipped, and my buttocks came into contact with the buttocks of another young man. <laughs> and Lovejoy's like, what? This, this isn't God-related. <laughs> what? And uh, Lovejoy explains... That's when the calls began. <laughs> and there's like, well, uh, I think I've been coveting my own wife. <laughs> and he's like, I'm meek. 
but I could probably stand to be meeker. And the last one is like, ah, I think I swallowed a toothpick. And, why would uh, you call a why would you call it a reverend if you swallowed a toothpick? You call a doctor. Yep. And you know, because of that, Lovejoy stopped caring. But look for him, it was the eighties and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was other shit going on. And Mark's yeah. like, but you can't let a few bad experiences sour you on helping people. <laughs> Lovejoy's like, oh sure I can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh because of Ned Lovejoy stopped caring. But yeah. lucky for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so the the phone rang and uh he gets up to leave and tells Marge to handle it. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh. all right, you take this. You're 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 in charge now. And Mo's no. and uh Marge answers the phone and it's Mo. Mo's yeah. calling. It's like yeah. and uh Marge is like, um or he's like, sorry, Mo's like, uh hi. I'm calling for Reverend Lovejoy. Who, who is this? And Mars like, oh, well, this is um the uh, the Wilson lady. <laughs> That's great. I I don't know, like if most people would think of so. I I feel like she was like, oh, it's Marge. Yeah. But uh, no, she she's like maybe she just didn't want people to know it was her. Yeah, that was kind of weird because you feel like Mo would know Marge's voice even. That's over the, the other. Song. That's the other thing. I was yeah. ready to be like, yeah, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's the listen lady. And, and Mo's like, yeah, well, listen, lady, I got so many, I got so many problems. I don't even know where to begin. Marge's like, okay, uh, why don't you start from the top? And Mo's like, all righty. Uh, number one, I've lost the will to live. <laughs> and is this like the start of like the running gag of Mo committing suicide? Or have we already started that? I feel like we might have already started that. Okay, because I'm trying to remember. Because I know we get a few Mo trying to hang himself and stick his head in the oven, a lot of other things. But I can't remember if this isn't this is this the first time or no? I think uh, there was a couple other. I feel instances. like there was a couple other. Okay, and Mark's like, "Oh, that's ridiculous, Mo. You've got lots to live for." It's like, really? <laughs> that's not what Reverend Ludwig's been telling me. Well, you're good. Thanks. <laughs> so Lovejoy really has has given up. Yeah. Or he's just a he's a yes man. He's just agreeing yeah. with everyone. Yeah. And so Mo good. Yeah. And then Mo hangs up, but calls back to tell Marge that I have another problem. And this problem is about his cat. And you hear in the background his cat starts meowing and Mo's like, Stop, I'm asking her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, don't you do that with your pets? Like your cat meows at you, and you're like, yeah, 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 I'm filling your food bowl. Calm down. I do, yes. Oh, my cat meows at me every morning. I wake up to feed Bob. You or not Bob, gremlin? sorry, Gremlin. And the cat's up on the counter meow. He's like, you feed me too. Damn it. Don't feed listen me. to the cat. He's already been fed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, And so the Simpsons are now sitting down to eat dinner. Yeah. And uh, Homer's like, why would you volunteer at the church? And Mark's like, I don't know. Guilt? It's like, <laughs> volunteering is for suckers. Do you know that so-called volunteers don't even get paid? Yes. <laughs> they, they don't. Now, I'm volunteering as a coach for my kids' hockey uh, youth uh, organization. And yeah, it's fun. I'm, in, I'm not getting paid. Now, apparently, I didn't know this. But as you get into older 
groups in youth hockey. You get it's part of the dues, I guess. Not dues, but it's part of the pay. You know, all the kids pay, and yeah. coaches actually get kicked out more every year. Like uh, Justin, who was on our Lisa on Ice episode, so you can go back and listen yeah. to him. Um, he actually like one year got paid like five hundred dollars. Wow. Next year, like seven hundred. Apparently, this year he's getting paid a thousand dollars. Like he did, like nice. he's like didn't even he doesn't even know how much he's getting paid. Like all of a sudden <laughs> he gets a check in the mail. You know, here, thanks for thanks for helping out. That's sort of the thing. best kind of money is when you get it and you don't know how much it is and it's like a grand. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of funny. And yeah. uh, so maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get paid. I don't know if yeah. I'll I'll do more than volunteer. I don't yeah. know if I want to coach an actual team. <laughs> like volunteering is yeah. fine. I'm okay with yeah. that, but I don't want to know if I want to be in charge of a game. And you know what? Marge thinks volunteering is great too, because it makes you feel, but then gets distracted by uh Homer looking at the box. <laughs> <I found laughs> <in> the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, it makes you feel Homer. Stop looking at that box. Get yeah. rid of that box. But Homer is obsessed with it because he doesn't know where it came from. He doesn't know what it's used for, and he wants to know how his face got on. Look, man, if I found a box with my face on it or my likeness, because we don't know if it's actually his face, but his likeness, I would be obsessed too. I'd be like, "Where did this? I want to know who did this." Yeah, it's funny though. It's it's funny because in the production, like this thing wasn't really thought of as a as that B story. It was like it's like, oh, we're going to the dump. For the Christmas yeah. tree, yeah. and then the writers are like, "Well, maybe, maybe Homer finds something." Yeah, and that's that's where the Mister Sparkle subplot comes in. Yeah, um, and so Bart <laughs> says that if they got a picture of Homer, that means they can see him, and says they are probably watching them right now. And Marge is like, "Bart, you're being ridiculous. Nobody's watching us." And then they continue eating dinner, but they all kind of like look around the room as if they were being watched. You know, look, man, Big Brother's always watching us. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, so now, um, uh, yeah, the, the cauldron of sauce, that's just a sauce bowl. I know. But who puts sauce on their table? Like, I can see maybe if you mix the sauce in with the noodles and then you have your spaghetti in a pot on the table to eat from. But it was literally a bowl of sauce. Like, you could tell the color of inside there was the same yeah. as the sauce on there. But it was just so weird. Why don't you just keep that in the kitchen? Because Marge wanted the kids to to put their sauce on themselves. Maybe. It was weird. I don't know. And Maggie's a baby. She doesn't need food. <laughs> she doesn't need food. No. Like, we've seen her be messy before. Yeah. You could put a plate of spaghetti in, her fo- <laughs> in, in front of her. She's one. Give her something. Maybe she already had her bottle. No, she's one. She's eating real food now. They, I think you can still bottle feed. You still bottle feed a kid after one. Nope. We stopped at one with Elliot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Homer, Bart, and Lisa go to the Happy Sumo, which was first introduced in One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Yep. And uh, we go inside and Akira is on the phone. He's like, hi. 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 Bye. Bye. <laughs> I don't know why all I don't know why all Asian restaurants do that sort of I don't know if it's a stereotype. I think or that's not, a stereotype. I've never but, walked into an Asian restaurant 
where or a Japanese or well, I've never been to a Korean. Have I been to a Korean one? I've been to Japanese. I've been to Indian. But it's like it's no, like, I have been to Korean. Yeah, I've but, never seen that before. No, but it's like it reminds me, like that conversation reminds me of the uh dude where's my car bit oh. where they go up to the Chinese food box like and then and yeah, then this is a stereotype. I like that, so- I love how and then like Homer and the kids walk in and Akira's like, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Akira, can you read the box? And Akira's like, This product is called Mr. Spuckle. Uh it is a very popular dish detergent. And Akira's like, uh, oh, your face is on the box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Lisa asks what the head is saying. And Akira uh, says the mascot identifies himself as a magnet for foodstuffs. And he will <laughs> banish dirt to the land of wind and ghosts. <laughs> uh, that's uh, so great. Uh, so uh, Lisa is impressed. And uh, um, that Akira knows Japanese, I guess, even though he's... Japanese, um, or she's impressed by the the detergent. And Akira tells Homer that his dishes are very lucky because the soap is from the sacred forest of the Hokkaido region. Uh, Hokkaido, uh, Japan, is the northernmost of Japan's main islands, known for its volcanoes, natural hot springs, and ski areas. Yeah, it'd be fun to ski in Japan. I've heard very good things about the skiing in Japan. Yeah. Um, so now we go back to uh, the church and got another sign. Uh, the listen lady is in. Is that like a knock on uh, Lucy from uh, Charlie Brown? It might be. Maybe. I can't remember what Lucy. Did Lucy call herself something? Oh, she called herself she... a psychiatrist. Yeah, okay, maybe. I, I know she had, she had like, a listen lady type name but it's but, but the sign is weird. Well, I guess people are at the church. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we go in, and Lenny is telling Marge that he has been lying to Carl about being married to a beauty queen, and now Carl is coming over for dinner. And Marge, <laughs> Marge reassures Lenny that Carl won't care what Lenny's wife looks like. <laughs> and Lenny's like, no, no, no. I, That's I the don't problem. Have a wife. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't have a wife. He's like, he's like, I always said that to be a big shot. <laughs> what Carl know Lenny's not married though? I guess they still haven't like connected as best friends yet. No, sort of. I thought maybe they've already done the whole best friend thing, but maybe not. No, we're getting there. Did wasn't yeah. it like an episode or two ago where it was kind of like the beginning of it? Like it was like the Mountain of Madness. No, that's where they hated each other. Yeah. But no, I thought one of the last few episodes they like had uh get maybe not. Okay, never no. mind. We'll get it. We'll we'll put a pin in it and we'll kinda yeah. find out when it really, really digs in that they're like best friends. Yeah. And so, you know, Marge uh Marge tells Lenny that it's time to start telling the truth. And she explains to Lenny that when she needs to tell Homer the truth, she cooks him a big delicious dinner. <laughs> and Marge says, by the time he's not eating, Homer is too full and tired to care what I have to say. And he's like, eh, that's good advice. I'll stone him until he doesn't know what's what. <laughs> and uh, so we see Principal Skinner and his mother, Agnes, stand in line uh, waiting to talk talk to the listen lady. And Agnes like, Seymour, I'm getting tired. 
tell them we're going next. Like, and Prince will say, like, well, I'm not the principal of the line, mother. And you never will be. <laughs> and, and so, so we also see waiting in the line to see Marge are after Lenny are Kirk Van Houten, Ruth Powers, the Skinners, yeah. Dr. Nick, Miss Hoover, and Larry the Barfly. <laughs> they all need a little help. I don't know yeah. what Dr. Nick needs help with. Burying a body. Being a, being a better doctor. Maybe. And, uh, you know, Homer, Lisa, and Bart now go to the library. <laughs> and Homer asks the librarian for a phone book for Hokkaido. And the librarian gives him. He's like, here, here's a here's a phone book for Hokkaido. <laughs> it's like, thank you. May I use your phone? It's like, <laughs> is it for a local call? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I love how we see the library hours behind the Simpsons. It looks like they're open from 8 to 12, seven days a week. <laughs> Because so apparently four no hours a, four hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week. No one goes to the library. Nope. Not anymore. Uh, I don't sad. think. I mean, we still go to the library every once in a while to get Elliot some books, but yeah, I think that's about it. Um, and so Homer starts dialing a number, like one after it's like beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and during the whole thing, we see the librarian who's like typing something in the background, stops and watches Homer. And goes back to typing. And then eventually and then, leaves. And then eventually just leaves. Like, he's like, I'm not getting in trouble for this. Instead of like stopping Homer, he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to. I'm out. I'm out. No, he's obviously calling Hokkaido Japan. Yeah. And um, after Homer finishes dialing the number to Mr. Sparkle, um, we see a worker answer the phone. And he's like, and Homer asks, who am I speaking to? And the worker tells another worker that, you know, Homer speaking English is like, oh, here, you take it. You you speak yeah. English. Yeah. And uh, to the other worker, the other worker answers the phone to speak to Homer. And I love he's wearing a championship, <laughs> champions of winning Super Bowl shirt. I think that's like when, well, Japan is not really a third world country, but no. typically all the losing merchandise. Team merchandise goes to third world countries. For to help, you know, help clothe them because they. I want to. I want to go to the country or countries that got all four of the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl shirts, just to <laughs> say no, they didn't win. I know. I don't. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. They don't care. No. Like it's it's not about what the shirt, what's on the shirt. It's about helping and clothing yeah. the the third world countries. So yeah. But but yeah, I think it'd be fun to travel to one of those countries <laughs> just to see if I get my hands on, you know. <laughs> You know, maybe like the Bears winning the Super Bowl against the Colts in what, yeah. what was that sixteen? No, twenty sixteen. Was it two thousand six? That long ago? Yeah. Whew. God, it's been a while. Um, and uh, Homer asks, uh, "Why am I, Mister Sparkle?" He's like, "Oh, is that Mister Sparkle? You have many questions. It's like, <laughs> here, let me show, send you a premium answer. One hundred <laughs> questions, one hundred percent." I love, I do love the greeting that he also gives Homer. He's like, hello, chief. Let's talk. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And yeah, yeah Homer's, Homer's going to get some answers, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Mr. Sparkle. It's like, no, I'm Mr. Sparkle. Mr. Sparkle. Yes, you're Mr. Sparkle. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. And so now we cut back to the church and Lovejoy is uh, giving his sermon. 
and finishes by saying, the Lord will hear your lamentations and give solace to your spirit. And Mo chimes in, he's like, yeah, the Lord of March Simpson. <laughs> oh, God. And Lotra's like, please, people, no yelling things out in church. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep quiet in church. Um, and so eventually, you know, the church, the church lets out and everybody, you know, walks right by Lovejoy and straight to Marge because, you know, they all have problems and they need to listen, lady. Um, and so, or she needs to listen. And so everyone, uh, is talking at once at Marge and Marge like, guys, guys, quiet down. Who has an urgent problem? And Mel, you know, Mel comes up. He's like, he tells Marge he has a reoccurring dream in which he is falling. And the crowd's like, the crowd grumbles because they're like, that's not urgent. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it could be. And Marge, you know, Marge's like, Mel, Mel, let me take you back to my office. And they walk <laughs> back into the church to talk. And as they walk by uh, Lovejoy, Marge tells him to hold her calls. Now, now, look, Marge might be able to help with problems. But she's not a yeah. dream therapist. No. Because like people are like, like like there's a book. Well no, I mean it is kind of a book. Like there's there's like, you know, you have a dream where your teeth are falling out or you're falling Dreams or there's don't certain mean anything. People think so. There's a whole book on it. Look, I had a dream the other day where you were in it and her mom was in it, and at some point I started yelling at Wait, so it was a, it wasn't a dream, it was a nightmare. Well, for mom was in it, yeah, <laughs> and especially if you're in it, that I don't know, I don't know what's worse than a nightmare if yeah. you're in it. <laughs> I think uh-huh. we we're on like some sort of family vacation or something. I don't know. I don't remember. This was a this was a couple of nights of ago from when we're recording this episode. Yeah. Um, so Lovejoy walks back into the church and he's like, "I am a shepherd without a flock." He's like, what have I done to lose them? Um, I don't know, giving shitty advice? Not yep. caring? Horrible sermons, uh, your services uh, suck. Sucks. But hey, yeah. look, he's still filling the seats. If yeah. it was that bad, people would just he, stop coming. Yeah, and so uh, he uh, he hallucinates one of the saints, um, asking him what he has done to keep them. Uh, it was a good question. Yep. Yeah, that's why he's a saint. Um, and then another saint says... To inspire men, you must be brave. Um, and that saint says he introduced Christianity to Mongolia. Eh, it didn't take, but it was worth a try. <laughs> I love how that's like because his head's like decapitated, decapitated and he's holding yeah. his own head. Yeah. Um, and then another saint asks Lovejoy what deeds he has done to inspire the hearts of men. And he's like, I had the vestibule recarpeted. <laughs> I think that's going to inspire the hearts of men, Lovejoy. Um, and then the final saint says he has appeared in over 8,000 visions. And that is the lamest reply he has ever heard. <laughs> I agree. Um, and Lovejoy pro- protests and, and thought the saints were supposed to be friendly. And we go back to the first saint who tells Lovejoy that he's lucky that God isn't there. <laughs> yeah. So Those because he doesn't have answers. a window pane of God, God isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, like, then all the saints kind of just disappear, and Lovejoy, like, sadly walks away. And so now, uh, Marge's phone, she's in her basement of the church where the phone rings, and it's Helen Lovejoy. 
And Helen tells Marge that Tim, which is Reverend Lovejoy's first name, if we forgot, uh, came home despondent, and he's just been playing with his trains, sadly playing with them. And Marge tells Helen that, you know, everyone needs time to themselves, uh, just to give him a day or two, and he'll be back to his old dynamic self. And uh, we cut back to Tim playing with his trains, and he's, like, doing, like, the... Like the the speaker, like you know the cat, uh, the train conductor. Oh, if you look, he's like he has it. If you look to your right, you'll see a sad, sad man. <laughs> yeah, they're serving dinner in the dining car. <laughs> yeah, poor Tim Lovejoy. Poor <laughs> Tim Lovejoy. <laughs> so now we cut back to Homer and Bart sitting on the couch, and Lisa walks in with the package. <laughs> and uh, she gives Homer the package to open, and uh, he like tips it out, and uh, those stupid ass packing peanuts fall out. I hate those things. A lot of packing peanuts packing for peanuts. this tiny, <laughs> tiny, t- tiny <laughs> box. And so Homer's like, "Huh, where's the package?" And so he like takes it and like puts it up to his face to look at. So he's like looking up, and a VHS tape hits him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a lot of packing peanuts. Um, and so the tape starts with a fat Japanese guy in a hot tub, welcoming to the American investor. (laughs) So that's what they thought they wanted for answering questions. He wanted to invest in Mr. Sparkle. And he says, they have chosen wisely to distribute Mr. Sparkle, which don't believe me, to observe the following commercial. Now, this commercial, um, (laughs) was, was done and to help create the advertisement the writers watch videos of many japanese commercials to get uh, this right and i've seen a few japanese commercials just in my time just on youtube and stuff and i'm like yeah this uh definitely uh fits into what they what they're doing and so we also, get to also before you get into the commercial um i've never seen the movie but uh the 2005 film serenity has a commercial in it called fruity odie bars and this commercial inspired it. This commercial inspired that commercial. Correct. Oh, cool. Yeah. Simpsons did it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the Simpsons did it. <laughs> uh, so we see a housewife in her kitchen uh, and blows a, blows a whistle, bringing the Mr. Sparkle to life out of his box. And he calls for her. And we see Mr. Sparkle, and obviously he's speaking Japanese. We're going to give you the English subtitles since I don't speak yeah. Japanese. Nope. And Mr. Sparkle's like, I'm disrespectful to dirt. Can you see that I am serious? <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Sparkle hovers over the dirty dishes, releasing sparkles over them. The dishes grime disappears. And Mr. Sparkle floats to the living room where he bounces over uh, a baby xylophone that appears underwater <laughs> where three women are dancing. So we get the beginning of the commercial where it's him, you know, cleaning dishes. Yeah. And now the entire commercial goes completely off the rails. Yeah. And Mr. Wright's like, get out of my way, all of you. This is no place for lovers. Join me or die. Can you do anything less? And the women stop dancing. And two of the women, what a brave corporate logo. I accept the challenge of Mr. Sparkle. And the other, another woman's like, Awesome, awesome, <laughs> and then Mr. Oh, Sparkle. Oh, oh. oh, I was gonna say, um, I believe the women's voices are guest voices of Denise Kumagel Kumai. 
Kusanagi. Um, yep. Uh, Karen Maruyama and yep. Getty Watanabe. And yeah, this historical guest voice is Sa- Sab Shimono? Shimano? Shimano. If they're Japanese names, I butchered them. My bad. <laughs> yep. But yeah, we got some we got some cool guest voices for, for this uh video. I don't know who any of these people are. No, nope. I feel like I've heard the name Sab Shamo Shamano, but Shamano Shamano. Yeah. And so uh Mr. Sparkle blows magic dust over the girls as a graphic of a drumming monkey toy hovers in the upper left of the screen. The dust turns the girls into blue sumos. Uh, the scene changes to a reporter interviewing a two-headed cow. <laughs> and, um, the reporter's like, and the reporter's oh, like, he was, so uh, Sab Shimano, sorry for interrupting, was Lord Norinaga in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. That's why I've heard that name. Yeah. Because I, 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 we, we did a uh, uh, day in, uh, at my work, we watched all three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, of course. Oh, when we watched the third one, that I remember that name on the intro title cards. That's he's why that also, name looks. Yeah, yeah. He's also in uh, Three Ninjas Kickback. Okay. I remember that movie because that was the sequel to Three Ninjas, which I've watched more than anything. And yeah. I think in Three Ninjas Kickback, I think only two of the three original Three Ninjas actually reprised their role. I think they're Rocky. Ah. If I remember, I think Rocky got swapped out with another kid actor. Uh, he was also uh, in an episode of Knight Rider. Okay. He was in Max Headroom. <laughs> so he's been in some things. Okay. Oh, he was also in the X-Files. He also did an episode of the X-Files. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. I thought right, his name continue. sounded familiar. Right, um, continue. And so the reporter asks the cows, any plans for summer? And Mr. Sparkle appears and shatters the cow. And (laughs) it's disembodied's eyes blink at him. And the scene changes to Mr. Sparkle coming at us from an orange background. (laughs) And he says, for lucky best wash, use Mr. Sparkle. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) Oh, my God. That thing was crazy. Yep. And, uh, you know, Homer believes... uh, you know, Bart calls the commercial boring, and Homer says, uh, it didn't explain anything. Because <laughs> they were obviously looking for why his face yeah. is Mr. Sparkle, not about Mr. Sparkle. Yes. And Homer believes that they stole his face and used it for their stupid logo. There's no other explanation! <laughs> and as the tape continues, Lisa's like, look, look, there we go, we got more! And Mr. Sparkle is a joint venture of Matsumura Fishworks and Tamaribuchi Henry Heavy Manufacturing Concern. And the logos are a fish and a light bulb. And then the logos combine to make it appear to look like Homer's face. And Lisa says, ah, the the obvious and it's just a coincidence. And Bart's like, yep, there's your answer, fish bulb. (laughs) And so so um, the solution for how Mr. Sparkle resembles Homer was written by George Meyer after yeah. hours of time had been spent trying to come up with a realistic ending. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and then Masamura Fishworks was named after Icho Masamura, a friend of David X. Cohen, one of the oh. uh, producers on the uh, Simpsons. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And Homer says, 
It was a good ride while it lasted. Come on, kids. Let's go home. And Bart's like, we're already home. That was fast. God, I use that line all the time. All the time. Whenever something, like, annoying happens, I'm just like, all right, let's go home. We already are home. That was fast. Yep. Uh, And that's the end of the B story. Boo. Probably one of the best B stories the Simpsons have ever done. Yes. Um, And so now we see Marge is meeting with the sea captain. It tells him to accept the fact (laughs) That his gay boy is gone because it's at the bottom of the ocean. So he was on his ship playing Game Boy and what, a wave knocked it out of his hands? Probably. <laughs> like, Those things are huge. That's That's, that's got to be a pretty big wave. Yeah, the sea captain's like, I, I... You lost your Game Boy, man. Get over it. And I then Ned, get over it, man. Yeah. And then now Ned calls Marge because Dolph, Jimbo, and Kearney are hanging out in front of the leftorium. And they could start slacking at any moment. And March tells that, yeah, March tells that to march right up to them and tell them to vamoose. Now that's just bad. Uh, that's bad advice. That's bad advice. What March should have told Ned is call them all security. Yeah, to come and get them. That's what. Or you just don't done. bother with them. Or just don't bother them. They're, they're, they're not just... bothering you. They're outside yeah. your shop. Yeah. And Ned Ned says if Mar- March is sure that'll help. <laughs> and so Dolph suggests going to the one-hour photo to breathe some fumes. Yeah, so, so they didn't have high. to freaking worry. They were exactly. Leave. And then Ned walks up to them and asks to them to vamoose. And Chimbo drops his drink. He's like, he's like, all right, that's it. Did you just talk to us like that? Do you know who we are? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. I've, I've never been uh, moved in front of anywhere. I've never really loitered in front of anywhere. I wasn't Jay and Silent Bob. I never hung out in front of the convenience store. Um, I feel like there's been a few times where I've like, quote unquote, loitered. But like, I don't know. People are just rude. Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, so Marge tells uh, Ned. I'm sorry. So Mar- Marge's phone rings again. And it's Ned telling her that things have gotten worse. Because now the bullies are riding mini bikes around them. <laughs> and uh, March tells Ned that troubled boys need rules and discipline because they crave it. And uh, says, You need to lay down the law. Oh, uh, boy. And that tries to, you know, protest Marge, Marge's advice. It's like, They're on their mini bikes. And Marge is like, ask, uh, She's like, Let me talk to the leader. And so uh, Ned tells them that they have a call. But Jimbo somehow got like gardening shears or what? No, left left hand, left handed scissors. Oh, left handed scissors and cuts the cord to the phone. And so the phone, you know, hangs up. And Marge is like, huh, okay. Hangs up for phone, just kind of sits there. And so uh, now it's the next morning and Maude comes over and she's like, Marge, did your your, uh, uh, husband come home last night? She's like, (laughs) yeah. Well, mine my, my did. Why didn't you just say, why didn't you say, hey, Marge, have you seen Ned? He didn't come home last night. Yep. Because there's no way Maude would have known that Marge gave Ned terrible advice. Yeah. And so, uh, and so uh, we cut to Ned running down a street uh, with the bullies chasing him on their, on their mini bikes. And so uh, 
Now Marge is pacing back and forth in her office in the church. Uh, and she has called Lovejoy in uh, to tell him that she gave Ned bad advice. And now that he could be in real trouble, Lovejoy's like, ugh, what happened now? He swallow a paperclip? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy, Lovejoy has really lost his way, man. Well, it's funny. So this this episode was written because, you know, this, so far in season eight, we really yeah. haven't talked about much in the way of, like, secondary characters. No. And so Revel and Lovejoy was obviously chosen this episode to be selected, you know, as being noted as the priest who didn't care. Yes. And and he hasn't had much character development yet. So no. so really this episode was derived, okay, let's let's give Lovejoy a little bit more yeah, you know, depth. oomph to this episode. Yeah let's, yeah, let's give him some more depth. Yeah. And so uh, Marge tells him, no, he has disappeared. And Marge was like, she's like, I'm way over my head. Uh, she's like, where do the helpers turn when they need help? God, Marge. Yes. Turn to God. That, that's the whole church thing. <laughs> um, well, or if you're a therapist, usually therapists have their own therapist if they get in trouble. And that therapist has their therapist. And <laughs> it's just a chain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lovejoy walks to the window. And, you know, some light shines in and you hear like a nice piano sound um, because Marge is sitting on the piano. Yep. <laughs> um, and so uh, the phone rings and Lovejoy uh, to Marge like, let me handle this. And uh, it's Ned at a payphone explaining he has been getting chased all night uh, <laughs> and that the police finally stopped to gas up their scooters. Man, those scooters um, got a long range, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and Marge uh, asks Ned where he is. He's like, I don't know, I can't see the sign, but the gas costs a dollar forty nine and eight tens. I love trying <laughs> like eight tens. Isn't it usually nine tens? It's like it's usually it's nine like, tens. I never even yeah. understood that. Why is it nine tens? Uh I I'm assuming there's a reason, but I don't know what that reason is. Um and so uh Lovejoy uh and oh yeah. Marge is like, oh, I know that gas station. It's Donnie's Discount Gas because it's Donnie, one yeah. tenth less. Than yeah. Um, and so Lovejoy picked up the rest of the Simpsons for some reason. And yeah. uh, they stop at Donnie's. I love the fact that he's driving the convertible. And yeah. like Homer is like laying on top of Marge. Or is he in the back? <laughs> uh, I think it was in the back. Yeah. Well, did he did he thank Reverend for yeah. coming to pick him up? Pick him up. Yeah. Why couldn't they just take the family car? I don't know. It's weird. Um. And so Marge asked Donnie if he has seen Ned. Like he's like, have you seen bullies chasing a grown man? And Donnie's like, I've seen lots of stuff. <laughs> Lisa's like, yeah. Have you? Did you see that thing? He's like, oh yeah. And then he like points across the street to the city zoo. Um, and so, uh, now we go into the zoo where the bullies, you know, they're talking, they're like, oh, we've lost Ned. And they're like, well, maybe that'll teach him a lesson about trying to defend his business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, you know, Kearney yawns. He's like, I am sleepy. Let's go to school. Yeah. So, so it's gotta be Monday or Tuesday now, I'm assuming, or is it, or did the whole Mr. Well, the whole Mr. Sparkle thing couldn't have. Yeah. Okay, it had been a few weeks because to ship a yeah. thing from Japan, yeah, typically to go through customs. Like but, I've sent, I've sent stuff overseas. It usually takes a couple weeks for it to get there. Yeah, 
Um, also, it's definitely a weekday if they're talking about going to school. I know, but it almost seems very compact. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, finding the box, learning about Mr. Smith. It all seems very compact. But I guess Marge being the listen lady probably does show a good course of time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so uh, Ned sees the bully leaves. He's like, oh, thank God that ordeal is over. But <laughs> he's attacked by a monkey. Yep. Now, okay. Our baboons are monkeys, right? Our baboons uh, monkey. Baboons are, I believe, uh, apes, I think? Because yeah. they don't have a tail? I think that's um, it. No, they're monkeys. Okay, baboons. Monkeys, monkeys have tails, apes do not. And baboons have tails. Yes, okay. Because I, I was trying to keep up with all the words... Uh, that I was see- that I was hearing throughout this episode, just to see <laughs> how many times they like screwed it up, just to see because uh, what are apes and what are monkeys? I just wanted to yeah. get it all straight to see if they just were like, let's go all over the map or something. <laughs> yeah. Here. And so uh, we see some areas in the zoo. We got Aardvark Park, cool name, the yeah. Emu Experience. <laughs> Habitat for huge manatees. I love that one. Because, yep. you know, you have the habitat for humanities. Yes. That habitat was good. I love it. Ha- habitat for huge manatees. Great. Baboon country. No, no, no. Baboon county. Oh, sorry. Baboon county, USA. Yes. And elephant cage. They were uh, like, ele- elephant, elephant should not be kept in cages. No. No, they should not. They should be out in the wild. Or yeah. on, like, uh, refuge or something. Yeah. Um, and so Lovejoy and the Simpsons are starting to look for Ned, and Homer's yelling out, and uh, Flanders, it, it is me when... Uh, so Homer yells out for Flanders uh, when some flashes go off, and we see a Japanese couple that saw Homer thinking that he is Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> oh, I That's, love Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> he's like, Konnichiwa. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was pretty good. Um, so they they people in Japan clearly use Mr. Sparkle. It's the number one detergent. Yeah. Um, and so we hear Ned screaming uh, from Baboon County. And, uh, you know, Ned is now surrounded by angry baboons. <laughs> and uh, Flanders is like, help. What do I do? He's like, play dead. I was like, no, run around in circles. <laughs> I was like, no, act like a lion. <laughs> and Marge's like, swipe at the dominant male. Come on, Ned. Knock that monkey down. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure I don't know how like territorial baboons are. I feel like they're pretty ter uh territorial, right? I have no idea. I don't know. I feel like they're dangerous though. They feel like very ferocious, dangerous uh animals. I have right? no idea. I've never met a baboon. I've seen them, never met okay. one. Fair enough. <laughs> um and so uh you know, an employee walks up uh, to, to see what's happening and says, Jumping kangaroo rats! <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. So Mark tries to get the zoo employee to help, and he's like, You've got to get in there! It's like, Geez, I'd like to, but if they don't kill the intruder, it's really bad for their society. Mark's <laughs> like, They're going to kill him? Eventually, first, they'll uh, eat his skin. Oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> Poor Ned. Bye, yeah. Ned. 
Yeah. And so one of the baboons goes up on the tree with a rock to cut the rope on the tire swing that Ned's hanging from because that's yeah. it's about where that's about the only place he can hide. And Ned yeah. tells uh, tells uh, to tell Maud he wants a fancy funeral, big coffin, and lots of jewels. <laughs> All right, Ned, you're going yeah. in a box in the ground. Yeah. And uh, you know then we hear a train whistle, and Lisa points out that it's Lovejoy. He's come to help. Yeah. And Lovejoy, for however, re- whatever reason, is able to grab Ned's hand before the tires drop to the ground and the all the baboons, boons. like, go completely ape shit over it. <laughs> Monkey shit. Monkey shit, sorry. <laughs> and Ned says, uh, thank the Lord for Lovejoy rescuing him. But some baboons, you know, jump up onto the train. I don't know how they got up there, but uh, sure. Otherwise, they'd be able to escape out of the zoo. Like, if they can yeah. clearly get up onto this train... <laughs> oh, yeah. They can yeah. get out of the zoo. They can escape permanently. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lovejoy tells uh, the heathen baboons to say their prayers. Because <laughs> uh, Lovejoy swings on a tree branch to kick two of the baboons off. <laughs> and a third baboon uh, was in the caboose. Yep. And Lovejoy is able to disconnect the train cars as the train leaves Baboon County. And Bart's impressed. And Lisa just feels bad for the baboons. And we're like, they started it. <laughs> Technically, Ned started it. Yeah, Ned started it. They jumped in, or he, well, yeah, he jumped in their cage. He started the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, cut two. Back to the church. I think, uh, I think Lovejoy. No, 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 no. So they're still on the train. Oh, sorry, Ned... sorry. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're still the, they're still on the train and, you know, Ned thanks Lovejoy for saving them and going for, uh, above and beyond. Just call it, this is, now this is above and beyond. You're calling yeah. me as a reverend. Yeah. And, uh, Lovejoy's like, don't thank me. Thank Marge Simpson. She taught me that there's more to being a minister than not caring about people. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure to be a minister, you need to care about people. Yep. And, uh. The train uh, re-enters Baboon <laughs> County. Because, like, if you remember, you know, most trains at zoos. Like, I know we went on the one in the Milwaukee Zoo. It kind of rolls around. Yeah. Basically, you see the same things every time. There's not really much difference. Yeah. And it's like the monorail at our zoo yeah. was, like, above. You barely saw anything on our monorail. You saw a few yeah. things. Now... They made a walking path out of the monorail. They converted yeah. it into a trail top. Half the trail top is just the back half of the zoo, like where oh. people can't actually go. <laughs> and then you pop out and do the same thing. It's it's funny. And but they have on and off ramps. It's kind of cool. So uh we cut to the uh church and we see a sign. It says today's sermon, Conquest of the County of the Apes. And it should have said monkeys. I knew yeah. there was a I knew someone was gonna fuck this up. <laughs> I knew it. That's why I wanted to look up what baboons really were. Yeah. And uh we see the Lovejoy uh giving his sermon. He's like, baboons to the left of me, baboons to the right, the speeding locomotive tore through a sea of inhuman fangs. A pair of the great apes rose up at me, but biff, bam, I sent them flying like two hairy footballs. And a third came screaming at me. And that's when I got mad. It's a monkey. <laughs> I know. And Very I was like, great monkey. <laughs> yep. And over, t- and over tells Marge, now that's religion. 
And at the end, we see Lovejoy continue his story as the episode ends. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this I, I like this episode. The problem is the B plot is better than the A plot. Yeah, it's and it's it's kind of funny because there was a um a book written called yeah. I can't believe it's a bigger and better updated unofficial Simpsons guide. Okay. Um and one of the the writers said this episode is a a rare case where both storylines were being worthy of full episodes in their own yeah. right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if they had just done the Reverend Marge, Reverend Lovejoy Marge story thing, I think it would have been fine. And then they had done the Mr. Sparkle thing as like an A plot. And then they had like another B plot and like a different episode. I don't even know. Maybe Mr. Sparkle definitely doesn't seem like it could. I mean, I guess maybe it could be a full episode. I don't know how likely, how likely it could be a full episode. But yeah. it definitely the pairing of these two stories, I don't think necessarily are the best. I do like the fact that they they did intermingle everything together because you know you had you know Marge doing you know at the beginning she's like oh yeah I volunteered at church but like Homer's obsessed with the box and then when they're at the the zoo you had the the Japanese tourists recognize Homer as Mister Sparkle yeah so. It, it, it is a B-plot, but it does intermingle with the A-plot, which is great, because a lot of the times when we see an A-plot and a B-plot, it's A-plot, B-plot, like, there's not a lot of intermingling yep. between, like, the two stories. So that was kind of nice that they, they were able to intermingle everything, where it's like, oh yeah, they went to church, they came home, Homer's like, I'm going to take the Christmas tree to the dump, which jump-started the Mr. Sparkle thing, but, like, it was also interspersed, and then you also had... Marge becoming the listen lady and being an advice person. Um, I I love the Mister Sparkle commercial. I love the the quotes afterwards. I use it all the time. Um, the Marge being being somebody you go to for advice. Okay, I could take it or leave it. Um, I'm. I think. I think I'm gonna go with the. A three, don't have a cowman. Um, as great as the Mister Sparkle B plot is, I think the I think the Marge giving advice thing brings it down. But they do tie it together at the end with Lovejoy, you know, telling his sermon and fighting it. Um, this is really difficult because it's between a three and a four. Uh, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna give it a four from sprinkles. I'm gonna change four from sprinkles. All That's right, my final answer. Yeah, I'm doing four uh, sprinkles as well. Um, I love the Mister Sparkle bit. Yeah. I mean, I almost think I would have loved. I always would have loved the Mister Sparkle bit to be the A story over the B story. Yeah. I mean, the Marge stuff isn't bad, but I feel like that's more B story content. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just wanted to give... I mean, it sounds like they wanted to give Marge kind of the front yeah. of this. I mean, it's basically a Marge's crisis with faith sort of thing. Like, well, how do I fit in? What do I do? She becomes volunteer. She starts helping out yeah. volunteers. So, I mean, it's definitely a Marge-centric episode, Yeah, I would say. And, you know, Homer and Bart Lisa are kind of background characters. But, 
I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is, but I it love is. it. I love the Mr. Sparkle bit. That is oh, hands yeah. down one of my favorite things. So I can't go lower. I can't go higher than a four because of the A story, but yeah. I can't go lower than a four either because of the B story. That's so, so I'm going to go four um, sprinkles. So let's finish it off with our character profile. And this week we have Mr. Sparkle. Nice. He's a good character. Yeah. He has a voice. Hey, he has a voice actor. He's a character. Yeah. You can't tell me I'm wrong. He's not just a head. Okay. His You're occupation. Right. He's, he's, he's a fish in a light bulb. <laughs> exactly. Uh, his occupation, magnet for foodstuffs. Banishes dirt to the land of wind and ghosts. His residence, Heikedo, Japan. He's a model of the melding of a fish face and a light bulb. There's your answer, fish bulb. That's right. So... You guys can come check us out on all of the awesome podcasting platforms known to man. Uh, Spotify, make sure to subscribe, follow us on there so we know how many people are listening to us. And then you'll get notified every time a new episode is dropped. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, and I know there's a good chunk of you that do, make sure to give us a rate and a review, five stars preferably. Give us a review like this one that we received from Ridiculous patron us number one they commented really great if you like the simpsons i really enjoyed listening to their episode reviews i need to binge the simpsons it always surprises me how it's one of the longest running shows of all time fun chemistry and entertaining from beginning to end the review on itchy and scratchy was great i'm guessing itchy and scratchy land maybe um that must have been the episode you listened to for this uh review so Thank you, Ridiculous Patron Us One, for the review, and we'll read more reviews on our podcast as we get them. So there are several ways to leave us reviews. You can email us at simpsonstodaypod at gmail.com. You can give us a phone call at 612-584-0986, and you can leave a voicemail for us after Jane LeBron's awesome voicemail message, so do that. You can also find us on Instagram, the Simpsons Did It Pod and on threads at The Simpsons Did It Pod as well. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. And I'm Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.